This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. All right. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. Dennis Miller here. I'm uh, working the stick in the Messerschmitt, as we speak, but uh, right off my wing. Uh, the funniest writer in America, mixing politics and, uh, well, just to me, I, I don't know if he ever tried stand-up, but he has stand-up chops. Uh, he's a uh, Kurt Schlichter, and uh, he is a retired Army infantry colonel with a degree from the Army War College, current senior columnist for townhall.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter, S-C-H-I. L-C-H-T-E-R. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Well, thank you for having me, Dennis. I'm glad I got to opt in. I, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, funniest writer in America. So you're... Uh, for me. You've been drinking I, I can only already. speak for me. It's like 10 in the morning. You're already... Uh, <laughs> I, I can only... Uh, Dave, Dave Barry barely phoning it in now on a rotary phone, but uh, <laughs> you... Uh, Irma Bombeck lost to the ages. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, those talents. Family are circus I, I, gone. <laughs> um, I always say, and and with a little chip on its shoulder, a little malevolence. Uh, I'm I'm a pig in slop when I read it. Now I know you've gone. I up to the VIP package solely because of you. Oh dear. Uh, you could tell them over there. I thought, well, if he's writing an extra column a week and doing uh, a podcast. I, yeah, I'm. Oh, I didn't even know that. Half I, I just hour, did it because I thought there was. Oh, Kurt, we'll have to there's, look into that. I, I just did it because you're writing a Wednesday thing. Now, listen, I, I honest to God, if I were you, I, I, the quick hits are so funny to me. I just wanted to say I would make Wednesday its own special package and call it Schlick Tappens. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> where I, I would do the short blast because they're so funny, man. And, and so, I don't know, it would be a way to break out the Wednesday thing if it became its own product. I, I'm, so, at, I'm anyway. actually trying to do that. I'm trying to do little shorter things where I can just kind of not necessarily uh, constrained to the long form, as it were. Um, and by the way, I, I did do stand-up for about five years, starting in 1999, and then the Army interrupted, and my kid interrupted, and my wife said, right. you can't hang around smoky clubs anymore. So <laughs> that went away. Like that. Yeah, women are like that. Um, <laughs> she all, was very supportive. All that Listen, down. at some point, women would rather you parachute into an active war site than hang out in a comedy club. <laughs> no, she, was, she was happy. She's like, well, you got to deploy on the bright side. We don't have to do the traffic up to L.A. Uh, See, that's what hit. That's what Hillary misses. She thinks of them all deplorables, and she's losing the deployable contingent in America. <laughs> um, where did you do it, Kurt, before uh, that we started? Because the first time I went uh, to uh, uh, the Gulf War, which is Iraq 1.0, and uh, there I, uh, I led a uh, heavily armed car wash. Um, you know, I, I spent my entire career trying to measure up to Adi Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> Audie, Audie I was I was watching True Grit last night. Honest to God, I looked up and I said, "Kim Darby is Pete Buttigieg." He, she looks. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You have to bring up a picture of her. Christian. Oh my Show God, Kurt! It's it's so I'm true. Watching, 
she it's looks so, so much like Buttigieg. I know everybody's doing the Alfred E. Newman thing, but I looked up and I said, oh geez, Maddie from Grit is Pete Buttigieg. Um, and listen, but I before want to turn we go, Glenn Campbell on him, although it, <laughs> well, I don't listen, know how that would work a, out. He's a great, he did, a, he did a great job in that, considering Glenn Campbell's one of my favorite singers and the quintessential Axeman and the Wrecking Crew. Uh-huh. Let's face facts, he was like Red Adair with oil platform. Was fires, he playing whatever the monkeys? Uh-huh. Yeah, everything. Was, everything. Oh, my God. No, no, you have to watch The Wrecking Crew, Kurt. I have not he, seen that, but I, I will make it a, an, an appointment on my Netflix's on a Lulu. Well, it's Goosebumps thing. because he's like a savant. He comes in. He's maybe on a little bud. I think it's pre-Tanya Tucker. He hasn't entered the, uh, you know, the complete world of that. But he's on a little, it looks like a little L.A. stoner thing. He comes in, he sits down, and the drummer looks in, and he goes, we got problems with this bridge. And he just starts noodling, and it gives you fucking goosebumps. He's on all the Brian Wilson stuff. Well, you know, wouldn't it be nice? All those things that they don't quite know what to do with. He's the man. So Glenn is a... Call Glenn, he'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm a huge, uh, huge fan. Where did you do stand up, by the way? Before oh, we just, delve into the just around L.A., pretty much. I was, I was a better writer than I was a stand up. I mean, I could always do passable at stand up, but mm-hmm. I, I, I was the guy everybody wanted to write with because I could write with anybody. Yeah, and well, if I had a, fun. if I had a show, you'd be my first call because oh. uh, hey, hey, I've hey, had hey, that a hey, few. I'm right here. Come on. Oh, Christian, what yeah. are you, we're joined at the hip. I don't have to call you. Oh, what are you kidding all right. me? We're, all right. You're you there are, with just, me. Uh, right, can I still say Siamese twins? Yes. Or is that yes. uh, Siamesist? <laughs> should, should I tell Kurt the uh, Siamese, the Judd Apatow story? I think you have to. Judd Apatow, oh, Siamese now that you brought that up. joke, okay. I've told this a couple times, but I have to tell you because you just said Siamese twins. I'm, I'm doing uh, Paul Simon in the park years ago. I don't know how I end up on it. I think Steve Ross likes me from Warner Brothers or something. So I'm in this tent. I'm introducing Paul. Honest to God, I, I, I don't want to do a Brian Williams and misremember it, but it's hundreds of thousands of people. You know, it's it's Maxie Asger's farm in the middle of New York City. And uh, they assigned <laughs> me a young... Naked rolling around yeah. by the ducks. <laughs> it really was a wild scene. And they... They hire me a young aide-de-camp slash runner to work with me. I go in. He's 16 going on 17. I go, hi, I'm Dennis. He's there. My name's Judd Apatow. You know, and I say, hey, Judd. Uh, you know, I have him go and get me something. And then he's sitting there, and he's such a nice, pleasant young guy. I say to him, hey, listen, I'm always looking for great jokes. And uh, if you can come up with anything and I, I can fit it in tonight, I've only got four to five minutes, but something topical. Go ahead, my friend. He's, oh, thank you. So, and Judd, and honestly, God, to this day, we're... We're friends, although we disagree, but I know it's built on when we first met each other. We got on so well before all the life happens. So anyway, he sits down and he picks up the National Enquirer and he's reading and uh, he says to me, hey, I think I've got something. I go, shoot. He says, uh, there's a story here about some Siamese twins and one was stillborn calcified in the living brother's right shoulder. He was too young for them to perform surgery on it, so he had to wait till puberty before they cut the calcified remains of the brother out of the shoulder. And I go, you know, I'm about to perform for 400,000 people, and I don't quite know how I'm going to get to that little nugget. Judd looks at me as a kid. I can still remember his, uh, like, beatific little face, and he says, well, it sounds bad, but if you think about it, he, he can try haircuts out on the little head before where he brings him up to the main head. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Such a great joke. 
<laughs> and every time I go to a Jed Apatow movie and I see Seth Rogen or James Franco stoned, I always think that that's what became his metier in a way. You know, also touching. He did touching well, but they'd always say something amazingly good stoner talk. And that seemed like great stoner talk from the past. Oh anyway, speaking of stoner talk. Let's see. When I'm with you, I, I love the mirth, but I also know that you're a, a, a very smart cat. I have these talks with Victor Davis Hanson, too. I view this thing in November as huge. I mean, tectonic. I, I, I think it's uh, – I, I really do think it's a continental divide where water falls on one side of this thing and the other side's going to go nuclear winter and one side's going to thrive. You, you see this November election is absolutely – important in the history of this country, right? Oh, it's huge. Uh, I, uh, look, one of the major parties in the United States is about to embrace an ideology that killed 100 million people in the last 100 years. I'm a little biased. My uh, uh, beautiful wife escaped from Cuba as an infant. Uh, so I have the whole Cuban family telling mm. me about communism. I also served in Kosovo uh, in the ruins of communism. I spent a lot of time training Ukrainian soldiers. I didn't see who for Biden there. We didn't party. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, <laughs> it was a wild cat. Was, <laughs> hey, there's some strippers over there. How do you think they'd look pregnant? Um, but uh, you mean hunter gatherer, by the <laughs> the snorchinate son. I'm still I'm very proud of that one. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you uh, know, Bush forty three told me once, real quickly, that that was his favorite song to jog to, with no irony. Oh, he said, you know, he was running. He was doing like a twenty two and a half minute three mile at that point i said christ that's amazing i said what do you like to listen to when you run he said i love fortunate son i thought if anybody ever told john fogarty that Don't. he'd have to throw himself manacled off the bridge of size he'd be so <laughs> fucked up because i think he wrote that about guys like bush 43 <laughs> well you know for for a long time the republican party was uh, gloriously irony free yeah uh, <laughs> Now, now we've so, erased it. So we're, we were talking about uh, communism, and indeed, I the one guy, the, the front runner, was married in Moscow. Well, I mean, the, I mean, so the guy's crazy. a communist, and, mm -hmm. and you look at him, you aren't you aware that these guys gave the Nazis lessons about how to murder their own people? Oh no, no, no! He's just a friendly, uh, he's just a friendly crotchety old man. He, he, he's a Stalinist. Do you have yes. any idea what these guys? actually no, do they what they're don't. still doing. No, that's cool. We'll make it work. We're the smart guys. We're the smart guys who can make socialism work. I mean, yeah. we can't run a freaking caucus in Iowa, but we can make socialism work. Right. You know, pretty soon when you tell them to go back and read their history, they invariably end up reading Walter Durante for the New York <laughs> Times and come away <laughs> with their beliefs buttressed. I you mean, that's Yeah, Walter says everything was cool, you know, omelets, yeah. eggs, whatever. Here's the way – well, I'm going to ask you. I always do this. I try to uh, have somebody on who's nice enough to come. Then I try to get avuncular before them. How do you see it playing out in uh, November? I think we're going to wipe the floor with these communist bastards. <laughs> I, <laughs> look, I, look, I live in blue Los Angeles. I'm a trial lawyer in Los Angeles. I drive a BMW. I am in the echo chamber. Admittedly, I'm not within the echo chamber, but I'm physically there. But I spent a lot of time in the Army where I met normal people, mm -hmm. uh, the kind of people who live between I-5 and I-95. And they're not down with that shit. 
Okay, when you start taking, okay, I want uh, all you uh, uh, electricians and construction workers and truck drivers to, uh, you know, pay for Ashley's gender studies degree at Wellesley. And then I want you guys to uh, put our, your health care in my hands. And then I want to take your guns. Uh, and then I want mandatory pronoun uh, use. Yes. Um, you know, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. And I don't think, I think a lot, Dennis, I think a lot of these people have just never met normal people. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. I, it, it, they all sound like things that uh, jo- would make uh, Jonathan Swift timeless uh, <laughs> as, as the modest proposal. You know yes. what I mean? They all yes. sound like that, but they're actually their, de- the, their you know, it's, it's their, uh, their deepest belief. It's amazing to me well, because when you isolate the stuff, you say, what are you, what are you kidding me? We're putting pallets of cash to the Iranians in the middle of the night. That's Scarface stuff. Well, well you wonder what the thought process was that they came at the end of it, you know, doing one of those, uh, uh, you know, consult Pete Buttigieg consultant kind of things where they have like the little, uh, uh, the little flow chart. And, and, yes. and what, what were the, how did they flow to, it's a good idea to give the mullahs a couple hundred billion dollars. Uh, well, that's, first off, some... I think it's John Kerry, and I think Kerry, <laughs> oh, I, uh, I, I can see him doing it, and I'm, I'm, I'm torn with Kerry because at some point, for a Brahmin who could have dodged that whole thing to end up in a flatboat on some shit tributary in the middle of the night, and people are going to say, "Oh, we got shot in the face." I don't say all that. I say, "Geez, I hope I would have been able to answer the call." So I'm torn on that part. But then later in life, it seems his entire life, as McCain's became in some way, is an odd complete opposite of that in an effort to have the approbation of the cool kids. I'm always amazed that that mattered to Carrie and it mattered, it, it matters to Carrie and it mattered to McCain that they, I, somehow I think they lived the latter part of their life for the New York times, you know, um, it, their obit. It's, it's weird to me. It's bizarre that these folks care. I, I, I just never understood why they would want the approval of somebody, some, you know, kind of people who write at the Washington Post or the New York Times. These are singularly unaccomplished people. They're like 28-year-old losers who have gone to college and written for the New York Times. That's all they've done. And I'm like, have you ever, I don't know, dug a hole Cooked up a Big Mac, mopped out a toilet. Have you ever met somebody who doesn't have a master's degree? And and they look at you like you're insane. Right. Somehow the the people who did something truly consequential, and I always think of McCain saying, well, it's not my time. I'll stay here. I know there are other people who have contentions with McCain. I I don't. I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a wuss. I didn't serve. So God bless him for staying in there when his old man's the head of sink pack. I, I think for him to stay in there is enough nobility for life. But later in life, to think that, uh, you know, he, Christ, even when the Times desecrated him with an affair, a fake affair, uh-huh. I think it was above the fold on the front page, he was still, you know, seeking a thumbs up from Stephen <laughs> Stephen Blair or whoever the, who's the who's no, Jason Blair Jason, Jason Blair. Blair he and Stephen Glass both approve right uh, you know they, I don't understand why a guy as tough as John McCain and some of these other guys uh, immediately when the elite looks at him immediately morph into Kevin Bacon in Animal House thank you sir may I have another <laughs> yes it's true <laughs> Oh, what is well, this weird BDSM vibe that these guys have? <laughs> look at look at Mitt Romney for 
for Christ's sake, what they did to this guy? They yeah. treat you know they treated him like Assyrians treated prisoners, and he came back for more. And 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 then when his buddies stood up for him, he stuck him in the back. I don't get it. What yeah. the hell is wrong with these people? I keep getting told these people are my betters, and they're never better. They're always That's much, so much worse. True. We're talking to Kurt Schlichter, and uh, as I say, my favorite uh, political writer, uh, he along with Victor Davis Hanson, but they've definitely taken more uh, different tracks. Now, Kurt's stuff is as insightful as Victor's. They just have a different way of pre uh, presenting it, and I encourage you to read him on Town Hall. And he does a third thing once a week. I'm deeming it Schlicht happens. I hope it does. <laughs> on Wednesdays. So you might want to go to the, uh, the VIP package. You know, the beautiful thing about John Kerry, though, is when he did sign a deal with Iran, uh, there, there's some victory on our side that he had to get his wife to co-sign it. Now, the thing I'm saying is that, uh, you know, I met him one night, Kurt, you'll love this, at a oh. party. And uh, I was with Marty Short, the comedian. Oh, and, God. Uh, he knew him. He said, you want to meet John Kerry? I said, well, sure. And he says, uh, this is my friend Dennis. And I go, hey, John, um, nice to meet you. It's so ironic because uh, my wife is the heir to the Hunt's ketchup. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, I had two reactions. <laughs> Marty Short went down to the floor like he was melting after they got the water thrown on him. He was laughing so hard. And John McKay or John Kerry just walked away. He just walked away. Walked away. And you're like, and it's cat soup. <laughs> <laughs> There's the tag, folks. Thank you. All right, let's talk. It's let's all about talk the about tags, Dennis. It's all about the tags. <laughs> Stop me before I sub-reference again. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about this field, this uh, oh, 1927 gosh. Yankees that we've got over there. No, but listen, Biden's uh, Biden's just gone. I I don't know when they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, when did he? When did, when did when did the front runner become Gabby Hayes? <laughs> I'm looking at this guy, and all I can think is, "Hey, Cookie, where's my chili?" <laughs> I quit. Dog face pony soldier. Look, I was cavalry, so that kind of applies to me. I'm not that good looking, but <laughs> this poor woman, she's like, "What the hell is Pappy saying?" Yeah, the suffix on that doesn't as matter as much as the prefix. Do not look in the times we live where everybody's an emotional hemophiliac. You cannot look at a young woman in her early 20s and start anything with dog-faced. I don't care if on the back end of that you say uh, you're a dog-faced, Benazir, Budo, Gold of My Ear, Margaret Thatcher, genius. You cannot start it with uh, No matter with how empowering you are after. Right. The dog facing over, and I like dogs. <laughs> Me too, but Jesus, I also like pangolins, which is apparently not. causing the coronavirus. <laughs> I know the pangolin is Christian. Uh, how can I describe a pangolin to you? It's 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 uh, it's a creature that got three callbacks for the Hercules, <laughs> but lost out to the Stone Age. <laughs> but it, it, it looks is like so a, <laughs> bizarre. It's like an armadillo plus. <laughs> and they're so cool looking. I just want to hang out with it. And the last thing I'm thinking of is throwing it on the grill. <laughs> what, what's with wow. it? I mean, China's a great and powerful uh, uh, ancient nation. And why do they eat all this weird shit? Hey, hey, listen. I was there two months ago. It's fucking weird. That's all I can tell you. I went for the first time. I went to Shanghai, and I went to a place called Lijiang in the southern provinces up in the mountains, which was a little more... 
at peace with itself because it was off the beaten track. But the juxtaposition of the absolutely medieval uh, with uh, the modern in Shanghai was unsettling. And I went to a place, it was a huge uh, cricket warehouse where they sold fighting crickets and other creatures. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my guy said to me, you want to see something local? And I said, sure, because, you know, I'm I'm on the... yeah, but I, I I didn't want yeah I didn't want to go see a cockfight. Remember the great uh, oh, David God. Feldman joke? Because he told me once he's like, I can't go to cockfights anymore. Uh, too much signage. They've commercialized it too much. But anyway, it used to said, be about well, the cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to this cricket warehouse, and <laughs> I said to my wife, I said, I've got to get out of here. There's something in this is the weirdest place I've ever seen yet. All these old people sitting around smoking hookahs and uh, they were training their little, uh, and there were other creatures you in cages. Them? Yeah. And uh, they, they could only train them on site. They couldn't actively fight them because uh, that was illegal. I was thinking, geez, the, the, the most fun part of this, the actual. What, do they have bout. like a boxing commission for insect warriors? <laughs> Insect MMA? I don't get it. You know, first of all, Dennis, when somebody's in China and looks at you and go, hey, man, want to see something weird? That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's a warning. <laughs> I know. I didn't think about it. I said, Jesus, I think this sure. is a... Uh, <laughs> I'm open-minded. Brando ended up uh, having sex with an anaconda or something, but I went with it. I was with my wife. And then he ate it, <laughs> which, which, is, which is why he's got coronavirus. Oh, straight razor. Oh, and then I ate tonic. it. <laughs> you're such a tonic to me. <laughs> and Coppola's going, yeah, go with that. Go with, eat, go, the, eat yeah. the snail crawling on the edge. Of, that's beautiful. Shane, where is he? He's in his tent. It won't come out. His dealer went in there. It's going to be days. <laughs> Never get out of the boat unless you're going to get all the the way out. Fucking mangoes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was actually a cavalry squadron commander like um, Duval in that. Not air cav, but ground cav. So every time I see it, I'm like, why was my life not that bitching? Because it was so What was your day-to-day before we get back to politics? Uh, I've been a lawyer for 25 years. No, no, but then then, when you say ground cav. Oh, air cav. Uh, Yeah, I was ground cav. I was a, uh, uh, I commanded a cavalry squadron in the reserves, and our mission was reconnaissance. And we had two uh, motorized and one uh, dismounted, which means guys on foot. Our job was to have small groups of uh, guys led by, you know, a 22-year-old sergeant leading a couple of 18-year-olds operate way, way out in front where I had mm-hmm. no weapon system that could affect anything. I, my artillery couldn't hit that far. And they go out there and they tell the brigade what was ahead of them. And it was, you know, kind of badass. We had our Stetsons and stuff, and we thought we were pretty mm-hmm. cool. And my guys were incredibly cool. It was the uh, greatest job I ever had, cavalry commander. Just, uh, you know, they talk about how great American troops are, Dennis. Everybody says I support the troops, but I got to see them up close. They are a 100 times better than anything anybody realize they are just magnificent guys and i was so proud to be a part of it i you know a lot of times just standing there going i can't believe they let me hang out with these dudes this is cool it's like the old combat series with Vic Morrow and Rick Jason. In essence, you were when when they'd say cage take the point you guys were (laughs) you guys were the point my guys were the point 
Well, then let me bring it back around to how insane the left has gotten. So we finally croak a pig who, quite frankly, was the Enrico Fermi of IEDs, <laughs> Soleimani. Yep. And, and they all of a sudden start rhapsodizing him in a way that they would never rhapsodize about uh, Norman Schwarzkopf or anything. It's fucking crazy how crazy they've gone. Yeah, I'm a traditionalist. I believe in killing America's enemies. His, this son of a bitch killed 600 Americans. I think we ought to kill everybody that son of a bitch ever met because it sends an important lesson. Look, I, I you know, I, I went to a war college and stuff and studied a little bit this whole military thing. I'm kind of Scipio Africanus. In the whole Carthage must be destroyed thing, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to, you know, if you want to throw down, that's fine. I'm going to sow your shit with salt. <laughs> but if you want to play horsey, this is horsey, baby. Let's go. And by the way, you can tell he thinks he's literally on a show with uh, Victor Davis Hanson. I know, Victor would be going, well, it was, it was actually Scipio Africanus was the second <laughs> war. He's the one who won the Battle of Zama. Yes. Oh, my God. I was thinking, was what was that, one of the banana splits? Is that Sidney Martin Croft? <laughs> that, that was Flegel, who was, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he I can't like believe you know that he, reference. He did a lot of campaigning against the Illurians. <laughs> And the whole banana split show. No, a lot of people don't know the whole banana split show is a tribute to some of the lesser known Roman consuls. That was actually the 15th, uh, 13th Felix Legion's song. They would march in the back going, tra la la, la la la. Didn't work so well at Kenai, but, you know, nobody ever forgot. Oh, take break that scepter. <laughs> it's like Spartacus <laughs> breaking their scepter. Say, you take that back to Sid and Marty Croft. <laughs> Peter, you all the power of did a lot of uh, that. Then he, then of course, Bass Rankin pulled him over right. for some voiceover work. <laughs> um, all uh, the power of North Hollywood. <laughs> take that back. <laughs> to the people who did the opening credits on Rudolph. He was actually the voice of the uh, uh, squirt gun that shot Jelly, which a lot of people don't Oh, know. he was on that, the Alamus Fit Toys. That was, that was him. He was one of them. Uh, wow. I think O'Toole was in there too. Not a lot of people know. It was, man, what a studio, right? You know, hot and cold running vodka. Picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How's about the crow's feet? Are those large Joan Collins on safari under eye bags? Now imagine they're gone. Oh, hurt my finger doing the magic thing. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? I didn't either until I tried it. Now I don't have to imagine it anymore. I just look like me just 10 years ago. 10 years and two days, as a matter of fact. Simply put, I'm blown away by these results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with your friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clearly, so nobody will know that you're using it, unless, of course, you choose to tell them. And at that point, soft skin might be very important. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code Miller for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus 10 smackers off 
for a 30-day supply. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code Miller. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use code Miller at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code Miller. And I thank you. Did you ever hear Peter O'Toole's story about the, the raid on Akbar? He's, he's so funny. I saw him interviewed <laughs> once, and he said, Omar and I were scared shitless, and they needed some wide shots uh, that literally showed us on these camels. So we were we, we got drunk, and we're in, we insisted that we be tied on. He's there, There's no way I could have fallen <laughs> off that camel. And he's there, and they, we rode on the periphery of the herd down towards, and, he's, and then they went to tight shots or massively wide shots with somebody. He's, we needed a couple medium shots where we had to actually be in the herd. And as we rode on Akapa, I remember saying to Omar, the great thing is you can get drunk, and still pronounce Akaba as well as you can when you're sober. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, but David Lean uh, actually invented the Manhattan. Not people. Not a lot of people know that. Wow, tell me. I, I just read a huge book about him, and really? I didn't know that. No, yeah, it's, I read an it's absolutely not book. true. But. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's I, I thought for a second. Yeah. Now, Kurt, Kurt, I was just in Sri Lanka, and I was staying in a hotel in the Ceylon tea fields, and my driver said uh, that three hours away, David Lean had built the simulated bridge on the River Kwai. No way. And I said, is there anything left? And he said, no, they blew the bridge up. He said, there's rumors that there's some of the metal scaffolding that led along the train tracks and connected to the bridge up in the jungle near there. I said, please. I'm renting a car. I looked at my wife and I said, do you want to go? She said, I, I can't tell you how much I'm not going. Three she said, this is madness. Madness. Yeah, that's it. That's it. She, she did. You I went three up. hours through a jungle and then you're like, what have I done? We pull into this town. There's no signage. It's not a big thing to them. You have to remember when you're, you're subsisting. Uh, you know, in the out there like that, they were giving rafting trips. I remember right under where the bridge was, oh my and God. somebody said, "Yeah, I think there was yeah the film, the old film." You mean? And my guy speaks Sri Lanka, whatever they're speaking, and Tamil. he says the, this man says around half hour up the road by a desalinization plant up there or something like that, so, some sort of chemical plant. Is if you make a left into the woods, he believes there's some stuff from that bridge. And I said, "Let's go." It's so hot. Oh we're going God. up there. I'm literally sweating like Bill Holden. At this point, we make a left. I'll send you this after we get off. If you have uh, uh, the email, you can give Christian or something. I'll send so. it on to you. And I, I found it, man. And I took oh pictures of it. Oh, my God. Funny the thing last... about the village, most of the kids look like William Holt. <laughs> <laughs> and the remains of his bar still exist. Oh, <laughs> so that's God. not a lot of people do that. Not many who funny. look like Alec Guinness, though. No. You ever want to write a screenplay? I'd love to go into a room with you. You've oh, got shambling chops. I can tell, man. You write quick. And just for you to hear that and say uh, all the kids look like You know, for a while there, I had a product pitch to somebody about, uh, you know, rafts for your swimming pool that were a replication of Bill Holden faced out. And I thought, <laughs> I, I couldn't get any seed money on it, which I find ironic when I was dealing with something with uh, Holden that nobody had any seed well, money. Well, you know, well, that, that movie inspired me a lot. I, I can't. Tell you how many times I've yelled to my young associates in court, kill him! Kill him! <laughs> I was right there, Kurt. <laughs> Honest to God, I was at the spot. I could see it in oh, my mind's God. eye. That's I mean, fantastic. really, uh, I could see him getting up, and the <laughs> moment where he it goes from the laissez-faire guy 
to the hard drive human who wants to save other people and just he can't believe the kid won't stick him yet he <sighs> hates the uh it, the whole thing laid out in front of me i could hear it, it i wonder if they still have the wire there was that Toshiro um, mifune who pulled the, up a the, wire? The, yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, Japanese commander. Yeah, that was him. But, okay, uh, all right. No, there's none of that there because I was oh. on that spot. Oh, my God. Kurt, it's nothing now. That, that you, they don't stop you from going down, or there's no red velvet rope around. And I thought, I can't believe they're not dining out on this. They barely knew of it. Like, that's, the that's, kids don't know. That, that, the kids don't know nothing. That's, that's one of the two. You know, there are two great movie locations. The other one is the shootout scene in Heat. And at the time, I was a young lawyer in that building where they uh, robbed the bank, and then they had the shootout wow. outside. So I would visually, because I was a military guy, I would lay out where I would put my machine guns if I was hanging out with Al Pacino. In well, heat. listen, right along with Clark Gables saying, frankly, dear, I don't give a damn, Tommy Sizemore looking up at oh, him God. like he's hurt and saying, hey, for me, the action is the juice. Oh, is like God. one of the all-time <laughs> great. Oh, there's so much. There's so much in that thing. Don't don't have it like anything in your life you can't walk out on 30 seconds or less. Right. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> don't <laughs> tell your wife she likes that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Kurt Schlichter. We got to get back to politics for a second. I love picking his brain, though. But you can see it's like talking to Nolte or something where they know films, they know culture. And he puts that all into a big bouillie base. And as I as I said, he has a uh, deep drawer and a nice retrieval system. He is a retired Army infantry colonel with a degree from the Army War College, uh, thus the Scipio uh, <laughs> Africanist reference. And uh, he is a senior columnist for Town Hall. Dot com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter. And now I hear he has a podcast. I guess it comes in with my VIP package, so I will be uh, listening to that. Let's talk about Feb 3, 4, and 5, uh, the, the, the three days of the condor as, as far as the, the diminution of the Democratic Holy Party goes. To lay it out, my friend, because it was as bleak a 72-hour period as it could get for them. I mean, you know, you start with the first day. All you got to do is count 30,000 or so votes. That's all you got to do. You just got to count mm -hmm. to 30,000. They can't count to 30. They still can't count to 30,000. But they ought to take over the health care. They ought to take over mm -hmm. everything. They, they're, they're competent. They're smart. Not dumb like everyone says. They're smart and they want respect. And, you know, and then it goes into the State of the Union. And, and, and Trump completely discombobulates them by being nice Trump. And mm -hmm. he starts with all these achievements. And these are indisputable achievements. I mean, I'm looking at, I look at it like a trial lawyer, right? If I had to have 12 people who couldn't figure out a way to get out of jury duty, how would I try and persuade them? I would go in with a list of achievements. And even people mm -hmm. who hate him and who aren't psychotic would have to be like, okay, all right, well, that sounds pretty good. They, these all sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he just, and then Nancy Pelosi decides she's gonna rip the thing up. I mean, she. And the thing gets me is she thought about this and decided it was a good idea. You you don't meet class with lack of class because Trump was doing the class act. He was doing the nice guy. That's how you beat him. And, but, and uh, she Kurt, takes exactly. Can I ask you something real quickly that I find frustrating on even on people on the right who I kind of. Respect, not all of them, Rhino. Some people who are just willing to give an even hint. When I hear her ref referred to as savvy over the years, I always think 
Geez, I don't. I all you have to do is have the sharpest elbows and care not a twit about what any of your minions in your party think about you. Do I think that she was absolutely brutal in those back rooms? Yeah, but do I ever? Boy, when they talk about her like she's, uh, you know, LBJ or something, I think God, she doesn't seem. She seems stupid to me. That was such a a stupid play. And the only downside to it was I was hoping Pence would lean over like Rick Monday and grab the flag out of the guy's (laughs) hand in center field and just, you know, save the thing. I, well, you know, he, he's sitting back going, well, never interrupt an enemy when she's making a mistake. Yeah, it, was, right. it, was, right. it was weak because she allowed her emotions to take over. And the way you fight Trump, if you were going to, if I was going to fight Trump, I would be the things that Trump has a reputation for not being. I would be stable. I would honor rules and norms. I would ruthlessly go at places where he has not been able to keep his promises because one of his big things is promises made, promises kept. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. I mean, boy, as a trial lawyer, he, he, he's, he's got a four-word soundbite that sums up the theme to his case. And if you accept it, you, you are going to go his way. And I would, look to, I would look to defeat that. Instead, they decide, they do what Rubio tried to do and mm-hmm. step to the master. And it, it's just not, it, it, you know, it's like Michael Sarah going, come on, Mike Tyson, I can take you. It's not going to work well. Yeah. I always thought that people continue to this day, and it'll show you what a what an Arthur Murray cha-cha step it is, the way people play each other, that they can't get off the... They, they can't change their tactics, as you just said. I remember when he named those seven countries and he put them on the travel ban and everybody bridled and, uh, you know, they said he was a, um, a horrific jingoist and all that. I remember thinking all it has to do, Sudan, Yemen, any one of those countries, is overnight have whatever the equivalent of their Senate and House of Representatives is, is officially change the country's name to shithole. They would be made for the rest of time. Pompeo would come into Trump would go, hey, guess what? Yemen just changed their name to shithole. Trump would have said, get over here. You're at the main table (laughs) now. You sit with me. Melania, this is Yemen. I mean, shithole. They changed their name. They've got a sense of humor. You're good. (laughs) They They should play him like that, but they never see it, and that's why he's God, he is cleaning their clock like Marie Kondo, uh, you know, <laughs> with a Dyson shop back. Kurt, nice. um, the third day of it is the uh, the impeachment vote. And uh, I can't believe, you know, Romney, somehow oh. the ability to to be spineless and maintain great posture. I, I can't figure that out. But what a stupid vote that was. It's just just ridiculous. And, you know, the phone's no longer ringing. He's not getting on MSNBC. He's not getting on CNN. His usefulness has ended. But you know what? We haven't forgotten. Because uh, people don't like being betrayed. I, 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 am, I, I don't have any anger at, say, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We disagree about everything. Right. She's a tough opponent. I, I have zero anger against her. I do have anger against David Souter because he stuck us in the back. Mm-hmm. All right? It, it, that's human nature. And it, it, it's interesting that our alleged elite, our alleged betters, really don't understand human nature. I mean, they sit around not understanding why people out in the sticks might not want some dude in a dress in a high school locker room with their daughter changing. 
And they're mm. like, well, he's, he's got to be a bad person. No, he's just a person. There's something mm. wrong with you people because you don't understand human beings. I, I just, it's bizarre. I, I don't, you well, know. And, you know, uh, listen, as you said that Trump has a perfect, uh, the trial lawyer in you loves the promises made, promises kept. I think your thing about, uh, you know, I'd like to meet one of my betters who's better than me is, yeah. is also a brilliant haiku because it is, in fact, the case that they have contorted themselves now like uh, Philip Anglum doing Elephant Man without prosthetics. <laughs> They've got themselves turned inside out to explain some of this stupid bullshit. And that's why it's all falling away because Trump just stands there and holds the mirror up to them. And at this point, if Romney wants to come to CPAC, he would have to come in a cage on top of his family car to get in. That's what a dog he is to people on the right. <laughs> well, he might enjoy that. I Every every time I watch that scene in uh, Pulp Fiction, I think that's that's Romney. That's Romney. Treat him like he's at CPAC, Bruce. <laughs> Living with chronic pain is the worst. Now, you hear a lot of ad copy, but that's not ad copy. Uh, that's just the truth. Can you imagine? Have you ever had pain for like a month, two months? I have. Uh, I haven't had the chronic thing. Though. I'm not trying to whine for and feign something for an ad. But, you know, I have had it for a couple months. And what a freaking nightmare. So imagine if that's your day-to-day. Unbelievable. God bless you. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopping them from exercising. Perhaps it's been ongoing for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments they have tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately, while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution. And need was not capitalized in that copy. This non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on is especially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. And the best part, this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relieves up to eight hours, much longer than the over-the-counter products. Uh, Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD. And by the way, if you're ever dealing with a CBD company, and there are others out there, not that they really matter, and they offer you anything less than a full bottle, the bottle's been opened and used, don't buy it. Come here and get 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wise. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code MILLER. That's O-M-A-X health.com. Enter code MILLER, and you get 20% off cryo-freeze and any other item site-wide. Still not sold? I can tell you pro athletes such as PGA pro golfer Kyle Stanley use cryo-free CBD to recover both on and off the course. And go look at the product reviews. They've got 95% five-star ratings, page after page, customers saying they've tried everything and Omax CryoFreeze is so good, they're now buying it for their family and friends too. Anyone from athletes to Grandma Josie can benefit from this immediate pain relief. You have pain that won't go away, and then you qualify for Omax Cryo Freeze. 
simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. No messy creams or horrible fragrances like some of the other products. CryoFreeze works within 10 minutes of application, improving physical training, recovery, and performance. So go to omaxhealth.com and enter code MILLER to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide any other item 20% off. I'm telling you, this product is the real deal. So go to omaxhealth.com and enter code MILLER to get 20% off and anything else site-wide. And I thank you. In closing, I just want to talk about this election. Here's the way oh, I see God. things. I think that they're going to have to, they've handed off from Biden now, uh, and he might not know it, but they, they can't go on with him. Right, He's a dead man walking. Over. So they head, I think they're going to hand it over to Bernie, but Bernie can't win, so they're going to have to hand it over to Bloomberg at some point. Now, they're going to need Sorbet to cleanse the palate in between billionaires are evil and this guy's worth $65 billion. So I think that's where Mayor Pete comes in. And probably whoever won, and I think it'll be Bloomberg and Pete Buttigieg in the two slot. Uh, unless, of course, my, my main theory is they'll get to a brokered convention and the unlikeliest, clunkiest, uh, you know, Volvo pantsuit cavalry will come over the hill oh, in the form of Hillary Clinton. Oh, that would be horrible. I, I Look, Bloomberg, I don't know what they're thinking. I just, you know, I... <laughs> Well, if they're drinking I, I, the Kool-Aid, he at least s- he at least makes the size of the cup they drink the Kool-Aid from 12 <laughs> ounces instead of 16. Well, he's a tiny little man. He's short. And I'll tell you how short he is. He's uh, the track listing on the album Greatest Hits of Terry Jacks short. <laughs> Terry Jacks? So what is, ter- is Terry Jacks a uh, one-ton soldier rides away? No, that's the coven. That's the oh, okay. me, that's the song that plays no Terry Jackson's Seasons in the Sun. Oh Seasons <laughs> in the Sun. Okay. No, uh, Sorry, uh, the um uh, the Coven One Tin Soldier is the song that plays in my head really every good. time I see Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> and I just see him, you know, cuz he's like a consultant, I just see him sitting there going uh I'm going to uh impactfully de-paradigm my foot in the side of your head and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> By the way, one of the great scenes in movie to this day when when he says, when I see what you've done to this little flower, I just go berserk. <laughs> Boom. And uh, the great Tom Laughlin. Funny, th- funny thing is, Pete Buttigieg would actually close the Rainbow School because it's a charter school. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. Did you know Howard oh. Hess was in that? Uh, who was? Howard Hess. Oh, Howard Hess. He was with uh, his little from, performance uh, clique, the committee. And right, they would Dr. do like Johnny little. Fever. Yeah, it was amazing. That's the greatest. <laughs> Billy Jack is the greatest movie ever made. It, it is. A, listen, it's inspiring to think they had that little money and that guy was such a badass. And I so think what happened money. is the country got their inner Billy Jack back. And I know people <laughs> say, oh, you would say that. But I'm telling you, they got sick of, uh, you know, just all the. They made it too insane on the left. The, the, the pitch could have been more effective, but they, they pushed too many chips in too quickly. And now I think they've fucked themselves up for the next few generations. because they, they never they, talked they, to anybody else, and they don't understand that there might be somebody out there who says, uh, no, I don't think I want to give you my guns or my power or give up my SUV because some weirdo Swedish kid – uh, might cry if I don't. I'm not going to do any of those things. And then they kind of sit there, you know, scratching their heads going, I've never met a person who told me no. 
<laughs> my mom sure didn't. Or the, and, and the, the uh, Guatemalan nanny who raised me never did. So I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, but Kurt, let me ask you this. And this is the God's truth. I'm not a military man. I don't own a gun, uh, but I understand, you know, it is a constitutional right. And But I see people who, if they really start a confiscatory thing, you tell me, you're more, uh, you live, and I don't want to make it sound pejorative, you just uh, have guns in your life, you've... Uh, uh, would people really Ruby Ridge, or would they just concede? I, I don't quite know that I can see it turning into— you know, uh, I, I think a lot of people who've lived free too long to suddenly become subservient to a bunch of kale-grazing weirdos. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people understand the, the cultural and political importance of a citizen— vision of himself as being someone who can affect change should tyranny or chaos happen. Look, my first, I spent three weeks on the streets in the LA riots with an M16, with 160th Infantry Regiment, 3rd Battalion. Um, I know things can turn to crap because I've been there and I commanded Mm. in the San Diego fires when that was all chaos. So, I mean, I've had personal experience seeing this stuff. Most Americans have zero intention of becoming unable to affect their own governance. I want my veto, and my veto comes in calibers. I, I can't see it in, in an intellectual way like that. The uh, the wuss, my inner wuss, thinks about shootouts, and I think, oh, my God, what, 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 something wicked that way goes. But then I do think it, it makes such basic sense after you talk to somebody like John Lott, and I encourage anybody out there, oh, be yeah. you a gun person or an Good anti-gun guy. person, please read the stats in a great book. Uh, by John Lott, and I know you're going to hate the title too if you're predisposed to dislike guns, but more guns, less crime. Uh, you know, actuary tables have a big effect on me, and I also understand the basic premise that in, in a world where I've, I, I read history, if the government is the only one that has guns, it, it don't, does it ever end well? It never ends well. No, if you look, if you're afraid of somebody like me or 99.9% of Americans being armed, then you probably mean something bad for us. It, 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 I mean, there, there's no other way to look at it. No one ever became less able to defend themselves for their own good. It's for somebody else's good. And I hmm. look, I'm 55 years old now. I'm too old to start living on my knees. They creak. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're saying that the, the, the Osgood slaughter. Yeah, Osgood, which I are. actually had in my right knee. Osgood yeah, Schlatter's well. disease. That, not, that, wow, that's esoteric. That's esoteric for Des Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I take that as a huge compliment. Well, We've been talking to the uh, delightful, as I say, my funniest read of the week is Kurt Schlichter's townhall.com columns. He has two of them. There's a third one added now on Wednesdays. And if you want to join the VIP package, I'm not going to hard sell that for you. Go read this guy for a fortnight, read the four columns, and you're going to jump on. It's consistently knowledgeable, it's wise, and it's delivered in almost a uh, fear and loathing in Vegas sort of uh, way that makes me laugh out loud. You can follow him on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Schlichter. S-C-H-I-L-C-H-T-E-R. I'm a big fan, man. You, 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 uh, you're, you're a smart cat, and you do it in a funny manner. So good for you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is, uh, this is a highlight of my life. 
<laughs> no, and I'm, 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 I'm serious. I mean, you know, it's. I, I remember watching your special years ago, the one with Utant Penis. And I, I, I considered myself a man because I got all the references. And I was like, I finally did it. Okay. I, now it's all gravy from here on in. I got Utant Penis. Yeah, and, I remember uh, people coming. Even Kurt Waldheim said to me, what does Utant Penis mean? Uh, I, if Dag Hammerschlag did, that would be interesting. <laughs> all right. Not to be confused with Thor Heyerdahl out there for you, Terrence. Conservative tiki. Uh, <laughs> we will talk at you. Dag Hammerschalt, for those of you who don't know, invented the plaza. Um, all right, we'll talk at you down the road, Craig. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Oh, what a funny cat. Oh, yeah, Jesus, absolutely. he lays me out. Christian, be a polite boy, and you can walk schleased out. Well, come on back, and we'll uh We'll, we'll tidy things up. All right, stuff. yep, we'll do that. Okay, great. Is Lindsay there? All right. I'm here, yep. So uh, what do we got? Any uh Let's see if we can operate this thing with Christian out of the room. Yeah, okay, we've got Because that's uh, one less paycheck, quite frankly. Um, any any uh, voicemails that we want to listen to? Yeah, we've got some voicemails today. Let's see. Uh, let's start out with... Christ, that guy is quick, by the way. Huh? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe how quickly quick he was coming up with those. On quick. On yeah, fire. He's a player. I, I had that feeling uh, years ago when Chandling would do The Tonight Show. And we'd go in and write his monologues, and uh, he, I just thought, oh, best joke writer I've ever sat with. Now, Gary had a bit of a stand-up thing, so I can't knock him out of that top spot. But as far as uh, quickness goes, and Kurt conceded he, he, he's more of a writer than a stand-up, he's, he's quick. I mean, I've been in a lot of writer rooms, and he could have written on any show I was ever on. Um, just Jeez, by the time you're done, he's digested it, collated it, and he has a, a hipper sub-reference. So, big fan. Very impressive. Uh, what are we going to do? We got a little voicemail. You want to crank one up? I'll yeah. react. Yeah, I've got a voicemail here for you. Uh, we're going to go with this first one since you uh, talked about Biden already with Schlichter. Uh, this is Mark in Virginia. I understand Lindsay checks the voicemails and decide what gets on, so... I wanted to pay her a compliment first to get through the gate. Uh, Lindsay, mm -hmm. you're a lying, dog-faced pony soldier. And I don't mean that in an Eddie Haskell kind of way. I mean that in the best possible way. So please take it like that. What a thing for Biden to say, someone who's perceived as being old and out of touch and losing his marbles. He lays out a John Wayne movie reference from the 1950s or 60s that even Dennis Miller didn't get. I, I think that's probably it for him. My idea was rather than piss away a billion dollars, and then get the shit kicked out of them by Trump in November, the Democrats could maybe give their money to some of their social causes that they love so much. Well, I was thinking that the other day, my friend, in a different way. Thank you for the call, by the way. I went to church on Sunday. Uh, I like to go to Mass once in a while and just uh, see what the kids are doing. Or the uh, gluten-free body of Christ, that sort of <laughs> hip thing. But I went to church, and they came out with a full court press money pitch in the middle. That I couldn't, I could not believe I was hearing. Uh, it was, it, it, it you know, it, it. I actually, in the middle of it, it went on for about five minutes. The guy, the young guy, came out. The older guy was doing uh, the mass, and he had a choir in from some sort of seminary, and they were singing it in Latin. I found it quite beautiful. And, I, you know, I can be charmed by the uh, ritual of it once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe in God. And quite frankly, I don't know that I believe in 
a specific church, but I, I will go to one here and there just to see what they're doing. So anyway, I'm saying my prayers, and the guy starts pitching hard. I'm sitting there in a chair. He actually at one point says, and additionally, uh, this is special envelope is for this, but if you have 20 bucks in your pocket, you want to throw it in. He said, bucks. Bucks. Wow. 20 bucks a priest. <sighs> He said, if you've got 20 bucks in your pocket and you want to throw it in, we won't turn you away. And I'm thinking, I, I made a moratorium statement. I, I put my kneeler down, and I'm not a big <laughs> kneeler like Kurt. I have some creaky knees. And uh, I kneeled and put my head down and made the sign of a cross and, uh, <laughs> like, prayed. Uh, and I was sitting around five rows back, and the whole most of the church was behind me. And I did not, uh, you know, I could hear it like Charlie Brown's parents in the background, the continued pitch, but it was like Crazy Eddie. It was like the Cal Worthington or, you know, Chad Everett in the overnight slot on the telethon, just pitching hard for money. And then the moment he uh, ended and said, thank you, I made the sign of the cross and sat back down, you know, like uh, hoping that he <laughs> saw that, you know, listen, I, I, you give the charity. I understand all that. You don't have to pitch these people. He had a third envelope, their regular keep the lights on envelope, as he called it, a third envelope for poverty. And then the third thing was, if you do have some cash, throw it in 20 bucks. He said, I just remember thinking this ain't good for the church. Does that you know, give you access like to the, the champagne room in the back of the church? Is that what is sort of the <laughs> VIP area? Is that what he's going for? But I, I, the refers to the caller where the caller said, why don't they take some of their money and pay? Th I, I just think I watched, uh, I'm watching the the uh, new Pope and I enjoyed the young Pope last year. I've seen enough things about the Vatican shoes of the fisherman. I'm kind of fascinated. I've visited there. You cannot believe the opulence. And I always have the same thought where I think, how can we just not have the world's you know, most opulent garage sale to pay off some of this stuff. I mean, honest to God, they've got, uh, you know, uh, amazing uh, portraits uh, that must be worth millions of dollars in the, in the guest shitter there. So I, I just don't understand why they just don't have a everything must go sale and help some people. But the heavy leaning in on people... And I was looking around, Christ, everybody in the room was a little wincy about it. And you could just see that they, that part of the church, when I didn't really understand it when I was young, passing the collection thing is really keeping you herded with your neighbors. You know, like they can see your arm going in, even from behind, uh, going into the basket or not. And I thought, when I was young, I just thought, oh, can we come together, fellowship a man, as we all join? But now I look at it, it's such a peer pressure play, man. It sort of put me off. Anyway, I'll go again probably in a couple months because I do like going. I, I like watching the people come back from getting the body of Christ or whatever they assume it to be. I like the look of peace on their face. I, I've seen people come back who seem... Uh, you can just look at them, and I hate to make judgments. I know everybody's supposed to not read cards anymore, but you can see some people in their uh, body language or their height, their weight. Their You can see travails on people, or I can. And I, I hate it if that makes me a, a pig or and I'm not supposed to notice anything, but you can sometimes sell when somebody's leading a burdened life. And when they come back and their eyes are half-closed, and uh, you can see they're not chewing on it because they've been told from time on it's God and they should swallow it. And I see some sort of uh, peace on their face. I, I draw great 
I don't know that that's the church, but believing in God in an often cruel world makes a lot of sense to me. And when people say, well, what are you going to say? There's a guy up in the clouds wearing Birkenstock. I don't know about all that. All I know is that whatever gets you through the night, and if some of these people believe that the people they've lost or the people they might lose or they themselves might go to another life, and if they manage themselves well, it might be a happier life, and that assuages some of the massive anxiety, fear, or sadness that you can experience in this life, I'm all for it. And I go almost, I feel like a voyeur, and I often think each time I think, you should go to uh, confession, and then maybe you could go get it. And then I think, oh, geez, I can't go, you know, go in. Hey, I recognize your voice. Why aren't you on a rally anymore? You know what I mean? You know what? How, how much do you think they can see through that uh, screen? Oh, I think they I mean, see I everything. I think it's like the Elvis room where you had yeah. the chicks, you know, wrestle the chimp in the fucking TV room. <laughs> I think the priest, you know, you're looking in and it's like the fly vision where you see all these little... Yeah, uh, I think they're looking in, and it's some sort of optical thing. And not only do they see you, they've taken photographs of you. So you have to put everything under. It was, even as a kid, I was always a little worried about that. So whenever I did something that, say, a twelve-year-old boy would do, and you felt you had to confess for it, I'd go in and say, uh, "Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I disobeyed my parents uh, because they told me not to manically jerk off." <laughs> So you had to put it, it was like you had to phrase it like that. Yeah. You know, everything was, uh, and I, I always wonder to this day to mass murderers came in and say, I, I disobeyed my parents because they had said I shouldn't murder <laughs> half the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a caveat. <laughs> Anywho, what are we doing here to close up? Well, I think I've we got can... a lunch today. Somebody auctioned Ooh. me off as a charity lunch. So how uneasy am I? Oh, uh, Yeah. Just, you know, how I am meeting Christ. When I meet people, I know I'm nervous. So I'm meeting strangers. I've known uh, you 15 years and it's uncomfortable to have lunch with you. So, yes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, they've auctioned me off. I like that. uh, ah, Listen, I'm I'm not putting, I'm sure the people are lovely. I've done this before and I met a couple of nice people. So I'll go over, but I always feel nervous beforehand. My stomach's grumbling. And then I can't eat. Because when I when I eat and talk, I tend to burp. And there's nothing like walking away <laughs> from a charity lunch and having them say, he had some... Yeah. It I mean, was crazy. Dennis Miller was nice, but... Or so it was much some burp. sort of head flatulence, <laughs> but he has a real... <laughs> well, we don't want to make you late, so oh, let's play fuck. one more voicemail and then oh. uh, head out the door. Should I not have told about confession when you're young? Christian, are you uh, Catholic? No, I was raised Lutheran. And were you guys allowed to jerk off, or did you have trouble when you were in puberty? I, I mean, I didn't have did any you have trouble to go doing into a box. No, 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 no. I, I would uh, usually use a sock. Christ, where were you when I needed you? Why didn't you tell me the Lutheran, when you were a kid, you could jerk off and not go into a box with a stranger? Who probably jerked off to you telling him you jerked yeah. off. No, well, you know, we had uh, we we had the there's the ninety nine or it's ninety five problems that uh, Martin Luther had with the Catholic Church. So those are the fun he things. Did that thing with Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. Right? ninety five problems, but the Pope ain't one. No, one of them is getting the nail into the fucking cheap door. Yeah. No, so confession for Lutherans and a lot of other non-Catholic religions is everybody just, you recite something, you can have a moment of quiet reflection, you don't have to tell anybody what you did, you knew, oh, you know yeah. what you did, and then you just either, you know, if you feel bad about it, you, you think about it, 
Or you do what I do and be like, what is for lunch today? All right. So the mass absorption is sort of like a yeah. Jonestown approach to it. Yeah. And well, we didn't have that, man. You had to wait in the line. Oof. And then there's somebody, not only that, it's not set off like a photo hut with one thing. You get somebody on the other side of it. And, you know, they've got uh, soundproofing that, uh, what are you kidding me? The soundproofing's like uh, an extra layer of phyllo dough or something. And, uh, and uh, so even as a young guy, I remember thinking this is weird. Because who am I confessing to? Whenever we'd meet the young priest, when he'd come in to meet us and give us an up with people speech, uh, even as a kid, seventh and eighth grade, I remember thinking the guy would come in, he'd be 22 years old, and he'd be all up, up with people, you meet them wherever you go. And I would be sitting there and go, okay, I got a 22-year-old kid here who's already decided he's never going to fuck and he's always going to be broke. What could go wrong there? <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times he'd have a guitar. Exactly. You know, the new priest? Yeah, that's cool. I always assumed when he had the guitar that it was the same thing as the uh, popcorn box in the darkened theater. That, uh, <laughs> hey, that's my move. <laughs> he had the little Pope's hat coming through the back of the beater, uh, <laughs> strumming it. As the... All right, let's play this last thing, and then I'll go, uh, and then I'll have a report on this uh this lunch next time. Can't wait to hear it. Uh, here's yeah. a voicemail, a brief. <laughs> well, believe me. Oh, nothing makes yeah. it that harder than you getting away from the scene of the crime. Yeah, no, no, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> uh, let's go with a uh, a no name voicemail. Don't know who left it, but uh, it's 12 seconds. So number three. Dennis, I'm calling to find out why you don't have more women voicemail calls, and why you never let Lizzie host the show. <laughs> I look forward to your answer. Lizzie hosts the show. He's, he's clearly a big fan. Um, Lindsay. It's Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. It oh, is Lindsay. Lindsay could host the show. Oh, please. Lindsay, do you want to host the show? Oh, gosh. I'm all over it. All right. Great. Really? You give it a try? <laughs> I would. I, uh, I mean, do, I would pale in comparison. You could do more animal <laughs> stories like the like the other show. That oh, was fun. Well, listen, news. think before you say yes, because Christian and I will support you one day. You <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we can have fun with that. Yeah, I think and, so. And uh, I don't know. I guess we don't get any women. We uh, we actually we do get it wrong that I don't attract women. I, I'd say it's like, I don't know, 80% fellas. But uh, we get mm -hmm. some ladies. Yeah. There's a there's a voicemail that Lindsay didn't want to play for some reason. That's from a lady, so uh, we could hear that if you want to hear that there's a lady, just to prove. Well, I, no, I'm not trying. I'm just trying to say. I wonder what I could. Isn't swearing, Lindsay? No. What do you think is off-putting about me to the uh, the non-penile crowd? I think it's just easier for men to get worked up about the politics stuff and then to call in and want to talk about it. I think. Well, what well, I had that idea for a show called "My Favorite Involuntary Manslaughter." Oh yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Maybe that would be all like. women, all wino women. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll play that next time because right. it seems too self-serving now to say, why don't we get women and then have a woman call? So we'll, you just uh, take my word for it. The ladies do call. But if you're a lady and you're listening and you want to get played on our next show, give us a call at 866-509-7268. That spells out 866-509-RANT. What a smooth rap. Yeah. I always yeah. feel that I'm still marked from that time uh, – at the uh, nightclub when I was with my friend, the close-up magician, Kozak, when we were single and hitting on two women at the bar, and the one woman pulled a cigarette out, <laughs> and he had a false arm on and a little 
some sort of little ferret puppet under his shirt with a lighter <laughs> in its mouth, and it came out from the buttons, and he lit it. And the two women just roadrunner clouds heading off into the distance. You could see they were just like 50, no, 70-foot restraining order on these two fuckheads. I look at Kozak, and the, the ferret's still out of his shirt, and I go, the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, but that girl liked me. What are you fuck? He said, it usually works. It usually works. What do we usually hell? works? It usually works. That woman, they became lesbians before they hit the ground. We so frightened them. Can you imagine? You look over and your friend's got a false arm on, so it looks like he's got two arms out. And he's, you know, he's dressed in a tux to begin with because he's a close-up magician. Sure. He's got a hat on and a purple tie. And there's some fucking hand puppet coming out with a lighter to light a smoke. And he thought, you know, it was like uh, we were Sean Connery at Les Ambassadeurs or something. <laughs> fucking crazy. Anywho, I'm just recovering from that, and I think that's why women don't call the show, because that's out there. Yeah. Trust me. They, oh, they Mark. know. They remember, for sure. <laughs> All right. I'll talk at you down the road. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Westwood One.